0: This is the second of six disputations. I've got them written there. Uh, The first we talked about last week was God was saying, I have a covenant with you, and that covenant's still intact, so I'm going to be watching with you, working with you. This is basically about Israel does not fear God. They do not give Him honor, and it's going to be the fault of the priest. He's going to be addressing the priest, because the priest, and this word for priest, we'll see. Uh, it, it, it not, it's not just priests, it's the whole, it's the Levitical group, it's the priests, it's the whole group working on the temple mound. Um, they're the ones that are supposed to be protecting the temple, the guardians of the temple, they've got the law, they're supposed to be in, in uh, inspecting the sacrifices, and instructing and teaching the people. So when the people fail, the priests are there to instruct them. When the when the people bring in lame sacrifices, the priests are to inspect it, send it back. But the priests are letting it happen. And the priests are like, basically, it's, it ends up, it's a burden, this whole thing, it's a burden for them. It's like, they're just like, and so they're not giving God his respect that's due him. And we'll see verses tonight. The first part of this second disputation, six, chapter 1, verses 6 through 14, and then the second part will be uh, the starting in chapter 2 next week. We'll look at that. And then we've got four more disputations coming up after that. So what I'm going to do to start with is uh, I'm just going to read through, and I, I think I'll probably just read through the whole disputation. Yeah, the whole dispute, chapter 1, verse 6, all the way up to the end of the second disputation, chapter 2, verse 9. And this first part is going to be... Uh, uh, about the priests allowing and failing to do their job. And then the next part, we'll, we'll see that coming up here. So chapter 1, verse 6. Uh, it begins, and as we know, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be uh, uh, three parts in this. There's going to be the the, the statement, the, the the accusation, and then Israel's going to respond by, you know, what? That doesn't make sense. And then there's going to be all the evidence proving that god is god is going to make the accusation israel's going to like we don't see it that way or how is that taking place and then malachi is going to overload them with with evidence and again it's going to it's going to be god speaking uh malachi is recording it but you really don't hear malachi's voice you hear the lord's voice and then this the the israelites or the priests when they respond it, they're probably not really there talking he's just putting words in their mouth and so the lord is putting these words in their mouth you know or their behaviors indicating this and then the lord's going to speak so here we go chapter 1 verse 6 a son honor, honors his father and a servant his master if i am a father where is the honor due me if i am a master where is the respect due me says the lord almighty it is you O priest who show contempt for my name? That's going to be important. His name. Here it is. But you say, how have we shown contempt for your name? What? How? How is that possible? Well, well, here it is. the 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 evidence. You place defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you, or defi- defiled you by saying that the Lord's table is contemptible? When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor, probably for some kind of taxation, some payment for taxation, and that governor would be Nehemiah if he's in place, or maybe someone that came before or after him. Would he be pleased with you? Depending on when this book was written. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Even a man would reject you. So. Now, This is an interesting verse. It's sarcastic. I'll explain it when we get here. Now implore God to be gracious to us with such offerings from your hands. Will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Verse 10, God's response. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offerings from your hands. My name, now this changes directions right here in verse 11. My name will be great among the nations. This becomes eschatological. This is where Israel is supposed to be taking the Lord's plan. This is their purpose, and they're failing to do it right there in time. And God's plan is for them to take His name to the ends of the earth. But they're, it's like He's frustrated because they're not even doing. They don't even honor Him. But He says, "My plan, basically He's going to say now, my plan will succeed. My name will be great among the nations from the rising to the setting of the sun." In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. Israel may be failing, but my plan is going to succeed. But you profane it, Israel, you profane it by saying of the Lord's table, it is defiled. Now they're calling the table or the altar itself defiled. Or it is is defiled and of its food it is contemptible. And you say, what a burden, and you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, crippled, diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, meaning I am now a great king, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Right now, I am the great king you should be honoring, and I am going to be known across the nations as the great king you're, you're lacking. Now, chapter 2, verses 1 through uh, 9, just, this is part of that disputation. We won't talk about it tonight. And now, this admonition is for you, O priests. And he's really drooling the priest in this second uh, dispute. If If you do not listen and you do not set your heart to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not set your heart to honor me. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. The priest's descendants will be cut off. I will spread on your faces the awful from the festival sacrifices and you will be carried off with it out to the trash. And you will know that I have set, sent you this admonition so that my covenant with Levi might will continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him, Levi, covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence. This was their part, part of the covenant. I gave them this blessing. Now they would have to show me reverence. And he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth. That's part of their job is to teach. And nothing false was found on his lips. He would not let a crippled animal come through for sacrifice. He walked with me in peace and peace uprightness, and turned many from sin. So he stayed in step with me, and when people came up and were lost, he would direct them and get them back on the same path. That's what the priest was to do. For the the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, and from his mouth men should seek instruction. Now again, not because he's so wise himself, but because he's walking with the Lord, just doing what the Lord told him to do. You can follow the priest because he's Following the Lord. Kind of like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, They would seek his instruction because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty. The, The word, the covenant was given to him. But you have turned from the way and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. All of Israel is stumbling into darkness because the priests are not walking in the light with the Lord. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people, because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. You've taken into your own, you've taken your own ideas. Says this is what the law says, but that's not what we're going to do. We're going to favor this instead, and they've shown partiality again. There's just for me, there's just a lot of overtone in that. And we'll get into it as a Bible teacher or as a person that stands in front of a group of Christians and is teaching, leading, speaking, sermonizing, is like, you better be teaching what he's saying, because if the people start going astray, is because they're rebellious or is because there's no conduit coming from the Word of God through the pastor, through the teacher, through the speaker? to the people and once that once you shut off the flow of the Word of God and start saying and just waxing elegant on contemporary issues or whatever you want it's like well they're going to start bringing corrupt sacrifices and corrupt offerings into your situation also and again we'll talk about that as this develops okay so on page one of the notes uh, the first bullet point the second dispute is presented in two parts I just showed you that the Lord is despised by the priest And the second part, the priests are warned of their failure to honor Yahweh and warned of not teaching the people. The priestly blessing is mentioned here. uh, And in Numbers 6, 23 through 27, I've got it written here for you. And this is what God told Moses to say to Aaron. And I'm going to read it. Numbers 6, 23 through 27. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel, you shall say to them, that this is the blessing the priests are to give. They're supposed to bless Israel by saying this. The Lord bless you and keep you, the priest talking to Israel. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Now the idea here again is the the Lord wants to teach he wants to lead he wants to bless the people so the Lord has his way he's giving it to the priest the priests are going to instruct Israel on how to live how to offer sacrifices and as they as they do this as they teach them as they lead them they'll be able to say a give a blessing why are the priests able to give a blessing to Israel it's under the assumption that Israel has received the truth from the priest who received the truth from the Lord. And now Israel is going to walk in that truth. And by receiving the truth and walking in it, they're going to be blessed. And so that's the blessing right there. Now, in this, in this uh, second dispute, I've got the next two verses under that same bullet point. In Malachi chapter 1 verse 14 and in chapter 2 verse 2, Instead, the priests have stopped teaching and and instructing. Again, there's going to be instruction uh, in the Word of God, something that we would be familiar with, but there's also going to be instruction in the rituals of the sacrifices, which all have meaning. Now, we do not have the rituals of the sacrifices and all the tithing that they had, uh, but we do see popping up in the New Testament talking about the sacrifice of praise is the lips that speak you know, the Word of God. Uh, prayer is seen very clearly as an, an, an incense being offered to God in the, in the epistles and in the book of Revelation. And it, 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 we're now a, a sweet aroma before God through Christ. And so our transforms life. We're not following a law, but we are still receiving instruction from the Word of God and are living a life that is being offered to God. So, There's that idea there. But because the priests aren't teaching Israel, Israel's not obeying, in this Malachi chapter 1 and 2, the second one, they're not getting a blessing. Instead, they're being cursed. Because they're not being taught, Israel is behaving in such a way that instead of a blessing coming through the Word of God, a curse is coming from God on Israel and on the priests. And that's what you see, chapter 1, verse 14. Cursed be the cheat. ...who has a male in his flock and, a, and vows it, and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. In Malachi chapter 2, If you do not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessing. This blessing, this priestly blessing, I will curse it. And so they are in danger... Uh, you know, and in the midst of a curse because they're not following the, the, the plan that God had for them. Uh, bottom of page one, just, you'll see this pop up, uh, some exclamatory words. It's, the word is ta or hen in the Hebrew, and it's going to, it's, sometimes it's hidden in there. It will just say, and now, or but now, but it is more of a, a now, because of this, now this is happening, or the word behold. In chapter 1, verse 9, and chapter 2, verse 1 is the word now. And the vocative O priest, uh, and you can see in there the, the word priest uh, from Kohanan right there. It's, it's got Ha Kohanim, but Kohanan, it would be the word for priest. And he says very clearly O priest, we've seen that, and then anytime, it's probably safe to at least begin with this, Anytime it says you in here, it's talking to the priest. And so it's very direct towards them so turn the page page two Uh, i've got a couple images of of the of the temple in here here's the first one underneath here i'll draw this very quickly Uh, uh, help me with how am i going to do this Uh, here is the temple itself the building and there are doors here out here is the the bronze altar of burnt sacrifice here is a bronze basin where they had washed. This is all bronze on the outside. Everything inside the tabernacle or temple is gold. Here is the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant sits. Then the, the, the image, what we have in this story in the book of Malachi is the rebuilt temple of, uh, uh, of Zerubbabel. It was going to eventually be morphed into Herod's temple. Herod didn't tear down the old temple built on the return, what we call Zerubbabel's temple. It was not as nice as Solomon's temple. Uh, it was up and running. It was functioning, but it wasn't as glorious. But as they came into the day of he- days of Herod, he wanted to make it glorious, uh, you know, a monument for the Roman world to see and admire. But the priests were, as, as they should be, hesitant because you're not just going to bulldoze it and build a new one. So he had to convince them that he would build it piece by piece, and so that they never could interrupt the flow of the, of the rebuilding of the temple, but they slowly morphed Zerubbabel's temple into the glorious temple that Jesus walked into, and the, and the disciple says, this is a magnificent building, and Jesus says, there's not be one stone left upon another. So the temple that we're, t- we're talking about tonight, uh, we, we've got diagrams and pictures, I'll show them to you here, of Solomon's temple, which was destroyed in 586 B.C. Nothing remained, maybe some beams. In fact, there may be some beams still in on the Temple Mount, and there were for sure at some time in the last 100 years, but a lot of them have been burnt intentionally. Uh, Some of them are in the Aksah Mosque. Uh, And then they came back and rebuilt, probably using some of the stones to rebuild the Zerubbabel's Temple, and then it's going to be morphed into what is known as Herod's Temple, and I've got some pictures of that. Uh, coming up here, but right here, this is the temple, in in uh in Solomon's temple, and I'm not sure about this one, in Zerubbabel's temple of this day, uh, in the tabernacle there was a uh, a golden lampstand on this side, a table of showbread here, and an altar of incense right here, a small golden altar of incense, in Solomon's temple, and I think in a uh, 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 Herod's temple they replaced this with six golden lampstands on this side, and this is for sure in Solomon's temple, and then six tables of showbread over there, so there was 12 all together. Uh, and then you've got, so you got the altar burnt offering, the bronze basin, the water bowl there, lampstands and tables of showbread, one altar burnt incense right in front of the curtain, and then the Ark of the Covenant, which, of course, was missing in Herod's temple. It was not there uh, because it disappears at the destruction, before the destruction. Uh, I've got, you know, there's ideas. I really don't even have a clue. I, I, but we're, never mind, that's not what we're talking about. Now, there would be then out here would be the priestly court, the outer court. This would be called the most holy place, the holy place, and this would be the court where the priests were at. Uh, there were doors here. There were doors going into the temple, the building. This was out of court. The sun is shining out here. This is inside a building. Then out in front of this court, there's going to be another court, which would be the court of men, Israel men. Behind that, there'd be a court for women, Israeli women. And then outside of that was barriers set up around here that the Gentiles could come out and they could worship from out here and send sacrifices in and the priests would take care of that. Uh, So you got the men, but the men couldn't come in here. The women couldn't come in here and the Gentiles couldn't come in here. So there's only one high priest could go in here once a year. The priests could go into here. The Levites could function out here, but the men could come in here and you know, bring a sacrifice, but they couldn't come any further. The women couldn't come into this court. So there's all, everything's got its limits. The reason I'm showing you that is because this is what is up and functioning in Malachi's day. Uh, I'm going to put just a lampstand here, a table of showbread here, but it's not being done correctly. Uh, we're going to talk about the doors. God has, heard me read it. God says, I wish you just shut the doors. I mean, it's just, just shut it down. And he's either talking about these doors right here leading into the outer court or he's talking about the temple doors. And if he says shut the doors, I would assume he's talking about just you'd shut them both. But anyway, that's coming up. That's just that image. Uh, and that's where we're at right here. So we're top top of page two. It begins talking about honor. A son, and, and God starts with logic. You know, if you're, a, if you're a servant of a master, you show respect or fear of your master. Uh, If you are a son, you show honor to your father. It's just the way it is. And Israel is both uh, a a son. They have a father. Uh, By creation, he created mankind, but he also created the nation of Israel. So they are his son. Uh, They should show their father some honor. They're also the servant that God has chosen to serve him. So he's got things for them to do, and they're to respond to him. He's given them commands, laws. They should be showing him respect. But they're not treating him like a son treats a father. They're not treating him like a servant treats a master. It's like, what is wrong with you people? So, a son honors his father, and a servant his master. If, then, I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts, to you, O priest, who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? So this whole thing is the priests are failing to recognize God's fatherhood, which would require honor, and God's uh, being the master of who they are serving, and they should show some kind of fear or respect. But the priests are kind of like, We'll do it the way we want to. We, it's like they've changed if you are working in this temple, uh, if you're working at your career, your job, and your boss gives you directions, uh, we all are trying to find shortcuts, you know I mean you know I mean you can you want to do a nice job, but when you get the directions, you know like I can do these two things at the same time while I'm doing this thing right here, and this doesn't need to be done because they're not gonna check that until next Friday, so I'll let that slide until right before they come and check it, and so we all take shortcuts, but we are at least in fear, knowing that, I don't need to get it done today, but they're looking at it on Friday, I better make sure it's done before they get here. You make sure your job is done and and accomplished, and of course, if you don't do a good enough job, you're gonna get fired, so you have that hanging over your head. I mean, there, there is some kind of give and take in this, making sure the master's happy or the boss is happy. These priests are not even concerned. They're not, the, the ideal is here, it's like, I'm coming to inspect the, se- what, you're not even started. You're, you haven't even shown up for work or you did, uh, the priest, you're supposed to, when they bring that kind of a, a corrupt animal in, send them packing. You, this is not a teacher, you know, here comes the homework assignments in, thank you for turning it in, thank you for turning it in. Uh, okay, everybody gets an A. It's like, then the boss comes by, the principal, superintendent, bo- principal, and it's like, they didn't do anything. And you gave them all A's. They turned it in. Yeah, but they didn't do it. Well, it doesn't really matter. It's like, you get fired. Back in the day, you'd get fired. Now I think Nowadays, <laughs> sometimes it's like, great, they showed up for school. Give them an A. I don't know. But the idea, I'm speaking as a teacher, is if, if, if a student is bringing in crappy work, I, as a legitimate teacher, am going to say, these are the wrong answers. How can I help you? You know, not just these are the wrong answers, but as a priest rejecting the sacrifice, you'd, all, you'd reject the sacrifice and go, uh, can we have a Levite? pick this guy up. you get got your teacher's assistants. Uh, can you explain to this guy what a sacrifice looks like? Take him aside. We've got, a, we've got a, a, a class scheduled for tomorrow evening and we'd like to have you there in the class. We're going to explain to you what God expects in his sacrifice. So you've be bringing this kind of garbage and get them caught up in their math or their language or their sacrificial rituals. So the priest would reject it, but then the priest would also come alongside and help them understand it so we don't have this problem. Well, here the priests—they're they're just letting the students turn stuff in, giving them an A, going on. And the principal comes by, or the boss comes by, goes, "It's like close enough." I mean, who's who's keeping score? And they say, "But how have we despised your name?" Uh, bottom of page two. Uh, there's your verses. Uh, point One, God is the Father, deserves honor because He created the nation, created people, God is their master because he 's chosen to be a servant. Point three on page three, the reference to the priest would be, oh, Kohen right there uh, includes they're the rituals leaders, the worship leaders, the teachers, and listen at this time in history, the priests were the national leaders now again they 're under the Persian government, uh, they do have a governor like Nehemiah, but he 's there representing the persians and trying to bring things together but the priests are as you can see from the very beginning joshua and the priests that worked with nehemiah uh, they are the national leaders and they will continue to do that way because there's no king there's going to be no king the priests are going to have this responsibility point four uh, they show contempt and this verb is in a form that means ongoing it's not just why well, saw the other day where you came in late and didn't get the project done uh, no, uh, it's, a, it's a habitual, they're doing this on a regular basis, habitual. It's an ongoing, repeated performance of neglect, sh- and which means they show contempt for what God intended this altar to teach. They show contempt for what this was to indicate. They're showing contempt for the whole process of the uh, sacrifices. Uh, that's what those things say. Ah, this is important, 4B. It's going to come up again later. It's going to be said again later in even a more direct term, but they're showing contempt for this temple. They're despising the temple with the same terminology, the same attitude that Esau despised his birthright. So what began, that put Jacob in this position, or Israel in this position, to be created by God as his nation, to become his servants of his plan was there was someone who originally in, was entitled to it, Esau, who goes, "What good is it to me? I need a bowl of soup." And he despised his birthright. And now all these years later, th- this is ex- there, especially after coming after those first five verses we looked at last week, and Esau was rejected, Jacob was chosen. Now the chosen one is doing exactly what the rejected one is doing, is they're despising it. I mean, it, it, you start feeling sorry for God. I mean, God's well in control. But all the nations abandoned him. So he chooses Abraham, Abraham, Isaac. And now it should be Esau. But Esau despises it. So he goes to the second one, which he was prophesied. I know this. And Jacob now is going to be the chosen one. Well, now all these years later, they go into captivity. He restores them, has this great return, has the prophets Habakkuk and Zechariah, Haggai. Everybody's here. Uh, this is a great day. And they're like, nah, it's not that big a deal. Like we saw last week, how's God shown us any favor? Well, look, Edom is gone. They're rubble. They're living in borrowed land. You're back in the land of the temple, fully functioning. And now the priests in this condition are like, this is just, it's just a job. It's, it's just whatever. They're just belittling their role right here. And God says, why? And, uh, important point. Uh, they despise his name. And uh, it says in point six, name of the Lord is his reputation. And in the second dispute, name, God is going to say, my name will be great. My name is great. You're despising my name. Eight times he's going to talk about his name, which is really the purpose of this whole thing is God is the creator, but God is also the savior that his name needs to reach the ends of the earth. The, his plan, and you can say, well, it's a good plan, bad plan. I've got a better plan. Why don't you just put it on the Internet or something? But God chose Israel to be an example. He's going to build Israel, and he's going to make a covenant. I'm going to show the world my favor. I'm going to show the world my character, my loyalty. You're going to you're be my people, and you are going to respond to me in obedience and we're going to be an example for the world to see your land will be blessed your families will be blessed but you are going to follow this atoning for your sacrifice the priests are going to teach you the Levites will instruct you you'll learn you'll retain the knowledge of God you'll obey me I'll bless you and the lost world in darkness will go like well what's going on over there and they will now again eventually in the millennium They will stream into Israel to find out what is going on. Teach us your ways. Well, that was Israel's plan. But instead, again, God is going to choose them and prosper them, but they're going to reciprocate it by being obedient and following, because there's still a gap. A sin is still a problem. But they're going to follow this. They have completely rejected the response. Now watch, it's coming up. They're going to completely reject the response, take shortcuts, not do their homework, not grade the papers, not show up for work, not finish the project, whatever. And, and they're going to eventually say, well, aren't you going to bless us? I thought the ideal was that you were going to bless us. And God said, what? It's coming up. So again, this ideal of name is important. I think I said everything there. Uh, that is Israel's purpose, is to make the name known. And God is, says right here, he's gonna, at point, verse 11, He's going to say, it's going to happen with or without you. Now, he doesn't say it quite like that, but with or without Israel on board, I'm going to make my name great, and the nations are going to honor my name, and they're going to bring me incense, and they're going to bring me offerings, pure offerings, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun, which gives the impression of a globe a globe with the sun going around it. Wherever the sun is shining, there's going to be offerings being offered to God throughout, around the world. That's all coming up. Okay. So chapter one verse seven, they've just asked. They've just asked. Uh, but you say, how have we despised your name? How? What? Prove it. Okay. You ask God to prove it. He's going to unload on them. Well, by offering polluted food up on my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying the Lord's table may be despised. And so, in the, how have we dishonored you? How have we despised you? One. You brought me food, which is, that is the word food, bread, but it refers to both the grain and the meat offerings. We can say offerings. It's going to end, that's where it's heading. The offerings uh, on his altar, which is also going to be referred to as his table. So the food on his table, the offerings on his altar are are corrupt. There's a standard form, and you're bringing me the leftovers. Uh, That's the first thing. By offering polluted food upon my altar, but you say, "How have we polluted you by saying the Lord's table may be despised?" Now, there's a standard. I mean, if a Gentile, for example, if a Gentile entered here, they found the inscriptions. They found two of them uh, in, in on the Herod's temple. They would be killed. That's the whole riot that Paul got caught up in in the book of Acts, is they thought he brought a Gentile into the court of men here, of the Israelite men. And he didn't bring a Gentile, but they thought he did, and they started a riot. And they're trying to kill people because of it. But if uh, 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 Nadab and Abihu, Aaron's sons, they came in here and they offered his, his oldest two sons, the very first two priests to follow Aaron, despised the temple or tabernacle. And they offered the wrong incense on that incense altar. And they drop dead, and so there's you. You can't just mess around with this, but they are despising this temple or this altar by bringing in right here. Uh, how have we polluted you by saying the Lord's table, Lord's table, may be despised by not being very very particular? Uh, I'm trying to think of some example. You're try. Okay, I know. If I've got a teaching job. I'll show up, do my job, I'll you know, be on time, stay until I'm supposed to, 3.45, good, it's time to leave. I'll, I'll do my job. But if I'm trying to get the job, I'm going to be very detailed in my, my letters and my references. I'm going to make sure I, a lot of times, you know, when I was teaching, i just show up to school on time. It's like, oh man, what I wear. You know, but when you go for an interview, it's like, you, you make sure you've got the right, you know, you've been interviewed. You go out of your way, you've got to make that first good impression. My resume looks good. I answer the questions right, give them the right answers. It's like, right here I am. I'm not going to despise this. This is my big time. Well, that's the way the priests were supposed to operate every day. Now, I, theoretically, that's the way the employees should act every day. But in reality, when crunch time comes, you just try to get in the door on time or whatever. And the priests had turned this whole thing into just like, it's Friday afternoon. It's Friday afternoon at the job site, and uh, we're leaving early. And it's like, but it's, it's Monday, it's Tuesday, it's every day. It, their habit was always to be sloppy. And you brought me a, a, a defiled food. Well, how have we despised your table? Well, you, because you're not treating it like you're supposed to. And so. By offering polluted food upon my altar, but you say, how have we polluted you? By saying the Lord's table may be despised. The Lord will be happy if we just walk in here, throw something on the altar, come over here, wash this out, and you know, uh, we're leaving early. It it doesn't matter. You're despising this by not doing it exactly right. And so God's upset. Okay, polluted food, bottom of page three, Deuteronomy 15, 19 through 21. Uh, This is just an example of the sacrifices, and this is the law the priests were in charge of, and again, you know I've said this before, but if a, a person brought in here for a sacrifice, a, a bad animal, well, diseased, the priest would have to say, no, this is not a good job on your homework. You've got to go home and do it again. And here's Deuteronomy 15:19 through21. All the firstborn males that are born of your herd and flock you shall dedicate to the Lord your God. You shall do no work with the firstborn of your herd nor shear the firstborn of your flock. You shall eat it and you and your household before the Lord your God year by year at the place that the Lord will choose. That's before Jerusalem was chosen and before the temple was built. So they're supposed to do this at, in Jerusalem. But if it has any blemish... If it is lame, or blind, or has a serious blemish, whatever, if you haven't finished question number 10, if you've spelled any words wrong, it is incomplete, you shall not sacrifice it to you, the Lord. You shall not put it on your teacher's desk. It is defiled. Leviticus 22, here's a long one, 17 through 25. I just highlighted some things. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons and all the people of Israel and say to them, When any one of the house of Israel or the sojourners in Israel uh, present burnt offering as his offering uh, of their vows, da da, da. it's got to be without blemish. I got that highlighted. You shall not offer anything that has a blemish. It must be perfect. There shall be no blemishes in it. Animals blind or disabled or mutilated or having a discharge or an itch or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord. But also, those are animals you don't want to eat. Those are animals you're not going to be able to sell in the marketplace. So logic would say, why would we take a good animal that we could eat or we could sell we could profit on or we could use for you know producing more flocks uh, or herds let's take the one that we can't sell we can't eat we don't want to use let's bring it in here we got to prioritize things we got to prior you've got to prioritize your homework you've got basketball practice you've got social time you've got lunch and bus time and then we've got to get our homework in well where should we start our day Let's start a day with social time, and then we work all down. Ah, what do we got left? Oh, we just got a few minutes quick get our homework done. Didn't quite get it done. That's okay. Who's going to stop me? The priests, they should say, you better get that sacrifice at the top of the list. But the priests go, ah, huh, thanks for coming. It's good enough. We're done. You're dismissed. It's like, so the priests are letting this thing slide. So there's your, there's your, that's your, the definition, or, one of, or a couple of them. Chapter 1, verse 8, when you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? Meaning, it's blind. Why Why'd you bring me a blind animal? We can't use it for anything else. It's evil to do that. And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to you. Meaning, for example, try try presenting that to your government. I brought my taxes in and you've only got like some change well that's all we had left over we spent all the money at the mall we spent all the money on our vacation so this is all we've got left Well, you owe like 20 times that that's all we got left okay well try better next time try telling your governor i don't have enough money to pay my taxes or here we've sold all of our good animals but here there's a lame animal take that for the taxation no the guy. try that Try presenting that to your governor, and your governor will reject it. What do you think God Almighty's going to do? Will he accept you and show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And uh, there's some more points right there. Point two, I say this problem began in Eli's day uh, and in Ezekiel's day. Uh, and again, that statement, is that not evil? That's written in interrogation. You've done this. Is that not evil? Like, is, Does this look done to you? Does this look done? Is that not incomplete? And the kid's got to go, it's done. It's like, they got to say, no, that looks like it's incomplete. Is this question answered? Is this evil? It's like, yeah. So just like you would be interrogating a kid. like a, got that? They're being, I, I sound kind of harsh on the children here. I'm sorry, don't, I'm, I'm, I'm retired. The children are safe. Uh, but that's what he's saying. It, it's like, when you offer, you offer a blind animal, doesn't this look evil to you? It's, it's a blind animal. Is that evil? It's like, it demands a, Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean I, you know I, I, it's like does this look like it's done? It's like well no, but I didn't think you'd check it or something. Okay, I was a shop teacher. I didn't have that much paperwork coming in. I'm, I'm kind of making a lot of this up because if it didn't get a shop project didn't get done, guess who fixed it? It's like there's there's a lot of like I always say they go oh look what happened my project's done. Yeah, I had, there's 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 elves come in here at night and finish all the shop projects because. I learned that early on. If you're going to buy wood for shop projects, you know, you're going to spend, money and then you're going to sell them to the kids. You spend, you know, thousands of dollars for material. Well, guess what? The school will spend that money if the kids have projects at the end. But you spend thousand dollars on wood, and then, well, they didn't get done. They didn't get done. That didn't look very good. and You sent out crap. that school's going to stop budgeting your program. But you start, they, you, they spend this much money, and all the kids walk out with these projects, all the saying, "Oh, this is great." Well, so to keep the project going. The kids did a good job, but sometimes uh, sometimes an elf came in and finished all the work, you know. Anyway, that doesn't matter anymore. Uh, this verse is uh, at the bottom, bottom page four. Oh yeah, this is a good verse right here, bottom of page four. After they failed to do all this, This is, I think, I'll just read it to you. Here's verse 9. And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us with such a gift from your hand he will show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts. Now again, you can read that separated from the context. And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. You bring in all this crap. You bring in defile the temple. You don't respect him. You don't show up on time. You bring a lame animal. Well now, oh Lord will you be gracious to us now or with such a gift from our hand will you show favor to us now says the Lord all God in other words, he's saying and now you stand there and say now bless us it's like you're you're kidding and it, it, it's sarcastic that's point one on page five this verse is sarcastic mockery of the priests and the people the people and the priests are already upset with God it's like where's the favor I thought we had a covenant. I thought you are going to be doing good things for us. Where is God in my, my life? Where is God in my nation? Where is God in my church? Where is God in the world? It's like, well, you want me to bless this? The Lord is mockingly quoting the priest whose role was to be the mediator for the people. So the priest would be the ones that the guy brings the offering in and the priest would call down a blessing on him. Well, he's mocking the priest. Uh, favor is the word literally, face. To entreat means they're weak or sick, so they're asking for help. And they're asking God to soften his face and show favor. We can see all the Hebrew words right there. They come in a weak way, asking God to soften his face and turn towards them and then give them grace and a favor. And uh, God's response is verse 10 with that kind of an attitude. I mean, corrupt offerings and then you turn and ask me to give you an A and show you favor. It's like oh that there would were among oh that there were one among you who should shut the doors that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you says the Lord of hosts, and I will accept an offering. I will not accept an offering from your hand. The offering that you brought I ha- you burnt it, but I did not accept it. Kind of like Cain's offering was not accepted. He says, oh, that someone would just come in here and shut these doors. Again, like I said before, these doors or the Jesus and, and stop lighting useless. I've got my altar there, but stop putting fires on there that are useless. It's like you're burning stuff on my altar. It's, it's meaningless. It would be good if, if I could just find one person to come in here and shut this thing down because it's not even close to what it's supposed to be. And that's, that's God's plan. The result would be, point two under there, unemployed priesthood. The priesthood would have no... Because listen, they're getting all their food, all their income, all their livelihood from the people. When the people are bringing in the offerings and the tithes. Uh, but also, if he shut it down, God's plan to be worshipped and to be made known throughout the world would stop. There's no temple, there's no worship, there's no knowledge of God. How's God going to be known to be great in Israel or in the world if he's not even known to be great in Israel? And the reason for this would be unacceptable offerings. Uh, There's no benefit to the Israelites. Their their rituals are of no benefit. You're learning nothing. Your sacrifices are accomplishing nothing. uh, And there's no advance of God's plan. Now, right in here, if I would stop and take a detour, that is where that would be a challenge to any church is this any uh, benefit to the people? Is it just a social club that they make friends, they have a place to hang out, have a place to have a wedding and a funeral? That's really a lot. I know people that join church just so they had a place to have a funeral. It's like, well, I got to have a funeral. I want to be a member of a church. Now, that's their purpose. I mean, okay, that's a reason, but that's not an acceptable reason. And there's no advancement of God's plan. And so just like this temple right here, God is saying, uh, if someone just shut the doors, just shut the doors of the temple. Could you imagine Jesus saying, shut the door? I just wish you'd shut the doors of this church. Well, uh, yeah, seven letters in Revelation. If you don't look out, I will come and remove your candlestand. I will shut these doors. My in fact, he does say at one time, I'm on the door knocking. I'm knocking. He said, would you let me in? No, we've shut the doors. They've locked him out. So this is talking about Israel, but churches... Can get in that same condition of where it's like just there's nothing going on there. You're not you're not helping the people, you're not advancing God's plan. Point four, the offerings are bad, but the priestly work is worthless. Again, two things. The offerings are bad. But the reason the offerings continue to be habitually bad, everybody can have a bad offering once. That's why they were inspected. I mean, you'd think that if you were an Israelite and all your whole life brought the offerings, there'd be one embarrassing day, you brought the offering, you go, mm, something must have happened to this animal on the way in today because it's, got, it's limping on one foot. It's like, but this was ha- happening all the time. But the problem was the priest were saying, okay, everything's fine. The priest should have been sent, this happens once, the priests say, sorry, you don't have to be ugly about it. I mean, just like when you check a kid's paper, oh, this is the wrong answer. In fact, you're sympathetic. I mean, if you're a good teacher, you've been encouraging these kids, helping them. Oh, I thought we had this. Come here. This is wrong. I mean, you're, you're not like, yeah, without well, okay. Sometimes as a teacher, like, yeah, you, you did enjoy that moment of the red mark, you know. But as an honest, sincere teacher, it's like you don't want the kids to fail. You would like, in fact, when I took a safety test for 22 years, we never had anyone go through the middle school shop that did not get a hundred percent on their safety test and that's not because an elf came in and printed out the answers it's like we went, we made it, we had it front and back, we went through it so well, and we'd repeat it. I, I had it wrote, so I'd say this, they'd say that. It's like a cheer. And we get through all these things. I figure at least they can say it right. And I also want a documentation on my file that they got 100%, so when they cut their arm off, it'd be like, well, they got 100% on their test. It I was legal to work. At least I had a piece of paper that says it was legal. But again, it was, so I mean, when they, and they, those kids, they knew they had to get I told them from the beginning, you, if you don't get 100%, You'll have to keep taking the test until you get 100. It's the same test every time. I'm not going to trick you. I'm not going to try to fool you. But you've got to get every one of these written in correctly. Front and back is probably 35 questions or something. And it hurt, you know, because some kids would just, you know, blow right through. We had times where the whole class would pass it the first time. But there would always be you know, one or two kids that struggled writing it, and you'd help them, and then they had to come back a second time, and that second time, everybody else started working on their projects, and now they're going to take the second time, and it's like, you're not cheering against them, you're cheering for them, it's like, you might even walk by and say, uh, check number 12, it's like, oh, I didn't know which one it was, okay, okay, and then, and then they write, you know, you, you're cheering for them, almost not cheating, but as close as you know what it's like to work with kids and teach, but why am I saying that? Uh oh, we're on account of there's, oh, oh, that there were one among you that I would accept your offering from your hand. Oh, they bring a bad offering. The priest is just saying good enough, where the priest should have says, no, but it doesn't have to be a big, no, get out. It could be like, I can't accept this because The law says it's got to be this way. And they'd be sympathetic. They'd be a a sympathetic, merciful high priest or priest or Levite. And then they'd bring it. And after a few weeks, if you can get 22 years of shop class kids in middle school getting 100% on their test, you can get the whole nation of Israel bringing in correct sacrifices. If they brought in the wrong answer, you sent it back out. And you did not have to be mean about it. It's like, listen, we're working for the Lord here. Uh, We got to do it the right way. All right, that's what I was trying to say. I hope that makes sense. All right, page six. And this is God's plan. From the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be, now this is where he switches directions. Israel has failed. And they fail because the priests are not instructing, they're not grading the papers, or they're not grading the offerings right. They're letting things slide, and there's no teaching. There's no improvement. They're just turning in terrible homework. And so God says, but listen, verse 11, from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. I'm going to get this done. The nations are going to hear about my name. They're going to say, my name is great. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun, which gives that impression again of a rotating earth that wherever the sun is shining, my name is going to be known. Now, again, were they thinking that? I mean, it it makes sense. I'm not sure, you know, of their whole ability there of understanding the rotation of the earth and the sun or whatever. But the sun was moving, in their mind, the sun was moving around the world. So wherever the sun was at, that nation would be worshipping. Because the sun didn't go out like a light bulb. The sun set and moved somewhere else. And so wherever the sun was setting while it's nighttime in Israel, it's shining somewhere... God is saying, eventually my name is going to be great on the other side of the earth, all the nations. My name will be great among the nations, and in every place, this is important, incense will be offered to my name and pure offerings. So my name, wherever the sun's at, incense and offerings, and this can be, again, literal incense and offerings, or the incense can be prayer, and offerings can be your lifestyle. This... All of this is not taking place in Malachi's day. It's not going to happen in the Old Testament. This is all going to take place in the future, and this future is going to be eschatological. In this sense, is one. It's going to be in the Church Age, and it's going to be in the Kingdom Age. So, in one sense, God saying, "My name will be great among the nations. Uh, every place incense will be offered in my name, and pure offerings." This is taking place on a limited level, in the church age. We're not burning incense, but we are praying to the Lord. We are living a life, a life that is a, a sacrifice of an offering to God is being taking place. And then ultimately, in the kingdom, when the kingdom is set up, uh, it will be fulfilled. So this this is an eschatological verse. Uh, for my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord. And that's, that's a prophecy. And we are in the midst of that being fulfilled. We're, we're not in Malachi's day. We're not in the Old Testament. We're not in the kingdom age. We are right here as we're watching this thing start to take place. And that, th- th- these verses like this had to be motivational for Paul going to the Gentiles. Verses like this had to be something that Gamiel, who was a teacher of Paul, he taught he taught the idea that the Gentiles were to be brought into the kingdom. They were open to the Gentiles. Sometimes the Jewish idea of the Gentiles were dogs and were outside. But with verses like this there was jews just like we have a different understanding of eschatology some people think we're in the the kingdom age now some people think uh there's no end times we just go on forever some people think that you know we're, we're going to just jesus is going to come back and we're going to go off into eternity some people like i think there's going to be an actual literal kingdom on the earth it's like so there's different there's a spectrum of how we view the end times there was jews that thought it was israel and someday Israel would conquer all the nations, burn down their cities, and rule the world. Some then on the spectrum come up here that eventually the Gentiles will come to the Lord. Like Israel understands the Lord, the nations would come to the Lord. They had that understanding. Gamaliel was more on this side, and interestingly, he was Paul's teacher who became the apostle of the Gentiles during this phase of of eschatology, the church age. Okay, Um, uh, This right here, from the rising of the sun, okay, God chose Israel, name repeated three more times, his name will be great, turn the page, Uh, chapter 1, verse 12, but you profane it, my name, when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that is, its food, may be despised, but you profane my name when you say the temple, Uh, you don't need it, you don't need to actually turn the homework in, you actually don't need to do it, it's not important, no one's really paying attention, God says, well, I'm paying attention, uh, but you say what a weary we're here watch this this is the priest the reason it's a lot of just endless work now i got to believe now this is me with my attitude okay the way pastors treat the bible and the way people respond to bible teaching uh it's got to be a burden and you see churches today again. I haven't been in a in a, in a legitimate like church auditorium for years, but I have an, I, I have opinions that I I think is going on. And you can judge me. But it's like, from what I remember, it was like the word of God was wearisome. It was boring. It's like. No one actually exegeted through the Word of God. No one actually taught the letter of the law, all the rituals. It's like, oh, we'll just, here's our Bible verse for today. It's on the big screen. But Now we got our guest speaker from the pet store on how to treat animals, you know, Betty Crocker or somebody. And then she came in and talk about the new re- outreach program to the homeless pets in the church. It's kind of like, oh, well, that that's really important and people really care that i really appreciate your mercy it's like but it's like why aren't we teaching Word of got oh no one wants it's weird it's it's burden it's like it's it's not that big a deal but next week we've got a rock and roll star who found christ and is going to tell you about universal salvation for all people through music it's like what's that and everybody, everybody's going to be there. And it's like, and now our building program, we're building another parking lot over here and a helicopter pad for helicopters for celebrities when they come to speak. It's like, are we teaching that we got? No, no one wants to hear it. No one wants to bring the right sacrifice. No one wants to correct the sacrifice. No, this is what the text of scripture says. It's, that's a lot of work to get all these notes and exegete through scripture. And it's confusing. It's, it's admit it. Is it is Calvinism? Is, is it Armenian? Who knows? It just causes division. But, you know, and then you go have another, you know, big light show with the program. And that's what they're saying right here. This is what some pastors have to be saying today about the word of God. But you say, what a weariness this is. And you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick, and this you bring as your offering. You bring in for the church service or the message what is stolen. I mean, it's not even the appropriate, it doesn't even yours. This is this is secular humanism or this is postmodernism. It, it's it's how to accept homosexuality in your churches. It's not it's stolen information, it's not even your information, it's not even truth. Or it's it's lame, it's sick, like healthy doctrine. That's in 1 Timothy. Sound doctrine means healthy doctrine. It's sick. And this you bring as your offering. This is your best you bring to my people. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? And our last verse for tonight. Here it is. Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it, and yet sacrifice to the Lord what is blemished. Cursed be the cheat. Cursed be the man who says, I'm going to minister for the Lord and has the correct sacrifice, in this case it's a male in the flock, or has the text of scripture in America, what translation do you want? It's on your phones, it's on your computers, what, what do you want? It? And yet, sacrifices what is blemished. You bring in secular humanism or postmodernism or some garbage into church that has nothing to do with the, the vision God has of reaching the world for Christ. And he says, For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. So in spite of Israel, he says, No matter what you do, no matter how you despise my sacrifices, for I am now presently a great king. You're missing it. But I am a great king, and as I execute my plan, my name will be feared among the nations. Right now, you should be paying attention because I am currently a great king and you're missing it. And I am going to take my name across the nations and the nations will accept it. And that happened. You say, well, is that what it means? It's close, but look, Jesus Christ comes, they crucify him He's resurrected, starts the church. The church marches across the surface face of the earth, spreading the gospel, the greatness of the coming king. And we're in this phase right now, setting up for when the whole world will recognize it and he will be the great king of the earth. So that's the first phase of that second dispute of where the priests are being riddled with accusation of not taking it serious, of letting things slide. And again, the people are failing to bring the right sacrifice. Correct. The people are at fault. It's like saying all the second graders can't read. Can, can second graders read? They can read. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Helpful. Okay. So, but it's like, well, okay. Do you fire the second graders because they can't read? No, you fire the teacher. Well, you don't fire the teacher. You relocate the teacher or whatever. I'm not sure in our world, but the priests, the people are failing, they're bringing lame, blind, crippled animals in because no one's teaching them. The priests should say, this is not right, here's what you should do, and should come alongside and instruct the pre- people because that's what, what the priests are there for, that's what the Levites are there for. So the people are failing, but God is not accusing Israel, He's just saying, they're, gonna, they're going to disaster, the whole nation is cursed. But it's not their fault. It's the priest's fault because they're not making any correction. They're saying, ah, who cares? It's a burden. It's too hard to do. And I wonder, if I make application, that's where America's at. America is lost and adrift. And I always, for 40 years, 35 years, I've always traced that back to the church, then the pastor, and then the seminaries who are not correctly preparing people to teach the word to the people that will transform the lives. And when the church is transformed, they'll transform their culture. We've seen it happen in church history. But when the seminaries put out worthless pastors, and the pastors are not committed, it's a burden to teach the word of God, the people go into lostness. The church is the light of the world is itself dark. And that's not every church but i would say there's a good majority of churches that are in that condition and so it was the priest's fault the nation was struggling and it continues more next week i'll pray and we're done father I do thank you for this word we ask that we would honor you today in our own lives that we would fear you that we would respect the things you have done the things that you are doing that we take into our own hearts your word your guidance that we'd be the people that you've called us to be, that we would reflect your nature, your image in our own lives, that we'd be part of the advancement of the great king in this earth today and in the future. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for being here.